A note to the listener, this episode was recorded in 2018. Hope you enjoy. Today's product I love is the ice barrel. I'm a huge advocate of taking ice baths and cold therapy, and I love my ice barrel. If you aren't familiar with cold therapy, here are just some of the benefits. Reduces depression, anxiety, and stress. Improves blood circulation. Gives you better sleep by activating the parasympathetic nervous system. Increases energy and boosts mood for hours after exposure. Builds mental resilience and discipline. Boosts immune system and increases white blood cell count. Reduces muscle fatigue and soreness. Reduces inflammation. Increases metabolism. Improves heart rate variability. Converts white fat, which is storage, to brown fat, which is fuel. I mean, the benefits are almost endless here. And I encourage everyone out there to try cold therapy. You will feel the difference immediately. Honestly, jumping into an ice bath like the ice barrel is the easiest way. But starting with a cold shower for 30 seconds today is a great way to get started. Go to icebarrel.com and use my discount code RIKER to save 10% off your order. You will not regret this. Oh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, but we're back. Glass half full. I'm Riker Lynch. And if you hear a weird humming in the background, it's because I'm in the back of the tour bus. I'm in the back of the driver era tour bus. And I'm on my phone. I'm recording on my phone, so I'm not going to be doing too much editing on this. But it's good to be back. I realized that I didn't put the last episode on the podcast. So... My guest for this episode is Kurt Mega. Um, I met Kurt on Glee. We were fellow warblers together. Kurt has done a lot of other things since then, including writing and directing um, a film I was in. Uh, it hasn't come out yet, but it's called The Nameless. He also wrote and directed a short film that I was in called Tinder Lovin', which is actually semi-based off a true story. Um, we don't really get into that at all, but fun side note I guess um I make Kurt a Vesper Martini straight out of the Bond films it is three measures of dry gin London dry gin obviously Gordon's would be the preferred James Bond uh brand three measures of Gordon's one of vodka I use Nat Kidder vodka obviously because it's the best vodka and half a measure of Lille Blanc James Bond likes his martinis shaken not stirred but a traditional martini recipe you do want to stir it because of the ingredients which is all booze it's quite a good cocktail and you can hear just how good it is in our voices at about the 45 minute mark if you know what i'm saying anyways i hope you guys enjoy this episode with kurt mega because he's awesome and i had a lot of fun here is glass half full Ah, uh, yes. All righty. Oh, let's get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot for me. Kurt Mega. Lightweight. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you for having me, man. I'm, I'm really so excited. Exciting. And um, when I called you to uh, schedule this out and, and figure it all out, uh, one of the calls went to voicemail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And you have... You have like a, a, a movie, movie trailer, movie trailer guy. as your as your voicemail. You know yeah. what inspired me? So okay, you ever? <laughs> this may be like dating me too much, but do you remember AOL Movie Phone? No. Okay, so back in the like, I guess it was early two thousands before like we used the internet for movies and tickets. You would call. You would like call 
the AOL hotline for like movie times. Uh-huh. And I was obsessed as a kid with the voice because you'd call and you'd go, hello and welcome to movie phone. Okay. And I would just talk like that all the time, much to the annoyance of everyone around me. And um, <laughs> discovered that it sounded like a movie trailer guy. So then I just, I love that voice. So yeah, my voicemail when you call me, it's like, in a world full of voicemails or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, that's exactly. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Exactly how it was, and I, <laughs> and I got a full laugh out of it. So yeah, I, uh, excellent. I love, I love that you're constantly um, all about movies, and and, I love and not only just movies, but uh, I mean, you can do everything as far as entertainment goes. I try. I mean, you you I you've I don't done, dance very well. I don't dance. No, well. but you were. <laughs> you know, we met on Glee. Right. And there was plenty of dancing. There. It was crazy. I literally was walking out of uh, the gym where I work out. Is literally like across from the street from where we like had that first day on the set of Glee, where we were on those in those trailers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, behind yeah. the Alex Theater. Uh huh. And I literally like, walked outside and was like, Oh yeah, that's where, <laughs> that's that's where, where I, I met. That's where I met everybody. Yeah. And I think I said something about your shoes. You had like really cool blue Nikes on. Oh, uh, and I was like, your shoes blue, are awesome. Uh, I think I had blue Converse. I wore those to the premiere. Yeah, actually. maybe you said I was like, those shoes are dope, and you were like, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. And then that was that, and here we are. And here we are. So eight years later, seven. That was two thousand. Wow, it was two thousand ten. That's so. crazy. That's insane. That's yeah. a long time. I feel old, but this is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, as we talked about earlier, yes. the main inspiration. I try to do a drink that's sort of uh, tailored to or inspired by Some, the guest. Something about us. Yes. Yeah. So, um, um, my first choice was going to be like. Uh, some sort of an old fashioned. I was gonna right. go with tequila old fashioned, but which is very much like my favorite drink. It's like that's yeah. Very we, much I in feel the like vein. we had a lot of those like on the Glee tour, yeah, and yeah. like that was sort of like the thing. Um, this is exciting because I've only that's like been my go to, like sophisticated cocktail is uh-huh. like yeah old fashioned or like maybe a Manhattan or something right. like that. I, that's kind of my like flavor profile. So this is very different. And this is very yeah. Exciting. Well, well, you did spies are forever. I did. Yes, and you played. Agent Kurt Megan. Yes, I played myself. <laughs> as, a, as a secret agent. As a secret agent, So that's yeah. what sort of inspired yeah. this. And I, and I wanted to go in a little bit um, about that whole process because yeah. you guys sort of put that whole thing together on your own. So one of my bucket list things to do, I, that's sad now that I've done it. I guess I'm ready to die. No, um, <laughs> hopefully we'll do more of it. Just one of your bucket lists. You have a yeah. whole lot of things you're going to do. I love musicals. And, you know, doing Glee was a lot of fun. But I, I'm not like... I, when I was doing Glee, I was af- after like the first few episodes, I started going up to New York auditioning for a bunch of Broadway shows because mm-hmm. they were like, oh, you're in Glee, I guess you're a musical guy. I don't know if that you got that kind of label at all. You know what? Um, after Glee, I, I jumped right into the band. R5, yeah. And we yeah. did our thing, so I didn't really do anything. I didn't acting. really, and I didn't really know where I was. I was kind of like, uh, I, I don't know if I'm that. I mean, I love musicals, I love doing it, but like, I went and did the Broadway uh, like audition circuit and kind of discovered that I sort of hated it. Like, go oh. sh- flying into New York, walking into a room with a bunch of, like, you know, NYU, Juilliard, <laughs> right? you know, grads, and trying to compete when I was, like, an L.A. actor whose, like, primary focus was film and, and, and creating my own things. And, and so I felt very out of place. And so I kind of had sort of been like, well, I... I gotten callbacks and just never found much traction, and I thought, I guess, just I can't. I don't know. I, I like I thought I'd lost theater, and so then when the Tin Can Brothers, uh, Joey, Brian, and Corey approached me and were like, "Do you want to do an original musical?" I was like, "Yes!" Like that's what I yeah. want to do. I don't want to go audition to be like number four hundred and seventy-two <laughs> to play the same part, mm-hmm. which is an amazing thing, but it's just something I'm not as passionate about. 
But when they were like, we want to originate a show, that was the, like the coolest idea to me. To do something that had never been done and to do it on our own. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we, yeah, we did it, that was like two years ago. Um, and we did the show for like six weeks and we put it up on YouTube and it's gotten hundreds of thousands of views and uh, a lot of fan fiction on Tumblr. Uh, rivaling our fan fiction. Nice. Uh, there's actually some like really, people still tweet me to this day like, you ever think about what happened? And it's, a, yeah, it's like this show that people really latched onto and it's, an, it's homage to, to all the Bond films, to all the Mission Impossibles, but like with singing and dancing. And yeah. it's ridiculous. It's like if Mel Brooks made a, made a James Bond movie. It's the way I would describe it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, it was it's funny. So funny. Thank you. Thank you. And I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. So, did you, you. Um, putting that together? Were you involved in any of the like writing? Because I know you do a lot of writing. I do well. a lot of writing. I didn't, and I. I mean, those the Joey Bryan and Corey from the Tin Can Brothers. They actually wrote the whole thing, and you know, I mean, I trust them implicitly. They just are such such funny, such great minds. But they were so. Um, they were like so free with us. Mm-hmm. So there'd be a lot of times where like there'd be maybe a monologue or something and you kind of go, hey, what do you, yeah. and they go, what do you think? And you go, well, I feel yeah. like maybe like this. And they were so comfortable going, sure, try that. And a lot of times you work with people who are writers and they're such sticklers for like, this is the text. And they were so free with that. So although I, I cannot take credit for any anything, they also were very free with letting us sort of figure out the best way to say, yeah. this is this moment. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's Which is a, awesome. Yeah, I think that's important, um, you know, because you're, the, the actor's job is to bring that to life. So right. they, they need to be able to sort of, right. you know, maneuver around what's given right. and, 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 and make it real. With it being a musical, it's crazy because it's a little bit more like, at the end of the day, like, here's the numbers and like, it has to be pretty like, right. you got to get it down. But even throughout the process of like the doing the, the six weeks of shows, we still would play with things. And it'd be like, you know what? Let's cut this and let's have you say that. And you know what? It's funnier if you do that. So we, we kind of workshopped the thing it the entire time. Yeah, evolving it. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. So even though we did it, we really looked at it as a workshop. Uh-huh. We still like say like that was a workshop. It was an amazing experience. But I think the vision was always to hopefully, knock on wood, come back and get to sort of reimagine it learning what we learned in right. the process. Maybe you know a national I mean? tour or something. Yeah, or like doing a New York run or yeah. I don't know, maybe a feature. I mean, it's it's really such a love letter to movies, uh-huh. which is kind of what I loved about doing it in LA is it wasn't a Broadway musical. It's right. like, this is a musical about people who love action movies and spy movies. Totally. And so like all the humor was based, all the parodies were like, oh, this is Goldeneye. Oh, this is, you know, uh-huh. you know, you know what the sort of... Uh, the archetypes are, and then of course it's hilarious when it's like people are singing about it. So. Yeah, it was really funny, and I think a lot of people don't realize how difficult musical theater really is. Yeah. So because, because I forgot, not, not only <laughs> I was like, oh, this is oh, yeah, this is real hard. <laughs> because yeah, I mean, not only are you having to be believable right. and um, you know act and be in the emotion and all that stuff and say the right lines which is all part of you right. know, being um, on film or television right. but then you have to sing on pitch you have to be <laughs> in key you have to be in the right place at the right time on the stage it's this giant machine with 70,000 parts that yeah. have to all work every night the thing i loved about it is it, it was kind of <laughs> It was kind of cool because unlike when I went to New York and I was like, I'm the guy from L.A. on a TV show auditioning for a Broadway musical and people would be like, all right, fraud. I was, this show was comprised entirely of predominantly film and TV actors who all started their acting because of theater. Right. Who had all been like, we love theater, but had fallen in love with movies 
and had moved out to LA. And so we all brought this sense of like, we're not trying to be Broadway stars. You know, maybe maybe one day some of us, who knows, but like for the sake of this show, we all had this like sensibility of like being film and TV and mostly comedy actors. Mm -hmm. And so that was like a really cool way of doing a theatrical production. Whereas, you know, I had done a show a, a year before that, like I'd done Les Mis with some amazing actors and half of them were on Broadway and had come from Broadway. But I don't know, I just like didn't quite feel like I belonged there as much, as much as like I was around just like, I don't know, improvisers and comedians who were right. like, let's do a musical. So it was, it was a really cool approach. Maybe musical theater purists would be like, well, this is not a real musical. But, but, I, <laughs> but I think the heart actually made it even more fun. Because right. you didn't feel like we were trying to be this like pretentious thing. We're like, no, we're singing and dancing. We know it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So let's embrace that. And it, was, it is a ridiculous show. If you watch any of it, it's ridiculous. I did, I did. We, I was, <laughs> just before you walked in, we were finishing up, um, I think, at, too. Okay. So we're yeah, yeah. How does that work? Actually, we were wondering, is there multiple acts or is there three? There's always? two acts. Two acts. There's usually two acts. I mean, some plays have three, but music Because Shakespeare usually... has like a bunch or Yeah, something, Shakespeare's right? like five All and six. All over the place. Yeah, we did a two-act sort of thing, but then we released it incrementally on YouTube. So mm -hmm. we would they would kind of uh, find a nice like... It was funny because we would do the show kind of thinking about what we would put out on YouTube later. Mm. So there's kind of like edit points built in. So you'd be like, oh, and that's the end of this YouTube episode, but then it still needs to work on stage as one continuous experience. Right. So it was kind of a fun thing to know that it was always going to go up online, you know. And it was mm -hmm. cool because we got to shoot it like a, almost like a sitcom. Like we had like a whole camera crew come in and do like a three camera setup and oh. film an actual performance and then film special like close-ups. And right. yeah, it was a really cool experience of taking all of the things that we love, which is comedy and parody and musical and film and TV and like mashing it all together. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, I'm gonna. We'll put a link in the yeah. in the show notes check and uh, people check it out because it's really fun. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate and, it. And another thing, I, I don't think people realize about um, musical theater is it's not like you, you know, in, in TV and film. And I'm not I'm not uh, bashing on people in TV and film. That's no, sure. incredibly difficult as well. Two different things. But yeah. two, two completely different things. But the thing that nobody realizes about um, musical theater or theater in general is you know on TV and film you like one t you take one. All right, I'll, I'll get it in right. take two. Like you right. don't you don't get that. And granted, right. there's a lot more rehearsal, but each night someone's coming to the show who's never seen the show before. Exactly. So you can't just have an off night. It's you, I mean, it's you've got to figure to, out how to be. I'm sure you guys had that experience touring where yeah you might have a great things. night in you know Orlando, but the next night you're in Kansas and it's like these people are here for a fully new experience. Yeah. And you know I it's love hard to remember that. Yeah, you know? I love film and TV, and I and I, I would say it comes with its own caveats of like being able to do a scene 50 times and like find the emotion every time yeah that's really hard in its own way but I definitely like I work also I, I work with actors and I coach and I teach and I can always tell when people have done theater because they have such a strong sense of like every moment they're like I have to commit to the scene yeah a lot of film times film and tv only actors are like well you know like we roll it, I'll get into I'll it. I'll get it, yeah. But it's like I love people who've come from the stage because they're like, no, every moment, go for it, you mm -hmm. know? And there's that passion and that drive because you go, this is it. Once the moment's gone, we're not going to go back and do it again yeah, if we didn't get it. it's so, very much theater. And that's where yeah. you, you got started. Theater, is yeah. Is the main thing. In, in Dallas? Yeah, in Dallas. My mom played musical. Well, she still does, actually. Um, she was a musician. I got roped into <laughs> being an understudy in The Sound of Music. And I was like, no, I don't want to do this. But I was stuck there because my mom was playing and I couldn't drive because I was 10. And uh, <laughs> so I got roped into it and then I figured out like, oh, I think I love this. Yeah. And uh, so I, uh, yeah, so then I did like, I don't know, probably 50 or 60 shows up till the time I was like 19 or 20. 
until I moved out to LA. So that mm-hmm. that's kind of was in my blood. So um, when was the point where you were like, you're doing all this theater and you're like, this is really great, but I, I want to do TV and film. I know it's funny because I, I had often wondered if that myself, because I kind of like, I had always as a kid loved films and I loved movies and I loved imagining things. But every time I would watch a play, I would always think of what it would look like as a movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why. I don't really know where I get that from. Uh, my mom raised me on watching Turner Classic movies, which I'm very grateful for. I didn't play video games growing up. I just like read classic literature and watched like Turner Classic movies, which is kind of nerdy. But I think I got a really strong appreciation for like what yeah. film was when it was very theatrical back in the day. And so I started to just think in my head as an actor, like I just I don't know. I, I imagined like, oh, I love this play. Or musical, but wouldn't it be cool if we could see it as a movie? On the screen. I've always been that way, huh. even with music. Like, I love music, but I don't love music the way a lot of people do. I never buy an album and listen to it and just kind of go, I like this music. Every time I like something, I know I like it because I start to see things that I would film with it. Oh, I'll hear a song. Oh, wow, that's interesting. And I'll be like, and we cut to a girl, and she's walking down the street. And, like, I've always, so, I don't know. I don't know where that came from, but it was in my head, and so... I came here and I was like, I hope I like this. Do you? Um, <laughs> and do you, I do. I, I do actually. Do you see like when you when you're listening to music? Do you see? Is it more like a music video that you see, or do you see like, oh, this part in the in this film, it, this is what I would do. It in, it inspires like characters and stories for me. Okay. It almost like feels like score, you know. So when a, right. when a song like like reaches out and speaks to me, like whether it's a mood or a tone, it'd be like that's like almost like a jumping off point in my head of like, oh yeah, this is like. You know, summer fling, and where I like, and I, w- I could see the whole story like laid out. So uh, it's funny because people often, I, I have this bad habit of not listening to new music. I go back to the music I love over and over and over and over and over, and I should probably expand. But th- that's because a lot of the stuff I love is so cinematic. Mm-hmm. I love music that feels cinematic. And I don't mean, I don't just mean like score, like violins. I mean music right, right, that right. has like a story to it, it has like an arc. Yeah. It's not just like. Well, you're a big U2 fan. A big U2 fan. Yeah, especially classic U2, mm-hmm. uh, Coldplay, which are very sweeping sort of sounds. But they're cinematic. Yeah. yeah. I, know, I know exactly but what even you're like, talking about. I freaking like, love like, Green Day is one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, like old school Green Day still to me is cinematic. When I hear them sing and I hear the lyrics, like I imagine these characters like angsty, like right. pissed off teens. Like, I, I feel can, like you need to be an American Idiot. Yes. It, well, when I saw I saw American Idiot opening night on Broadway and I was like, this is all my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> like everything in yeah. one. Uh, uh, they're supposed to do a movie of American Idiot, and I keep like, oh, yeah, I keep like going to deadline, being like, where is this gonna happen? So yeah, so I love. So there's something. I, again, I don't know where it came from, except I did watch classic movies growing up. But I've always loved movies and TV. And then I started doing it, and I discovered that I think I feel more comfortable on. I don't know. I, I feel comfortable on both. But I think my heart is I love creating film. Yeah. I love creating things that move for the for the camera. But I do love theater. Uh, when it's good, but I feel like theater's bad a lot of times. So, <laughs> so I find myself sometimes going like, I don't know. I'm a, yeah, I'm a little bit the same way with new music. <laughs> a lot of times you're just like, you're like, I don't know nah, about this. I though. don't know, man. That's yeah. I, I can't really get into it. But then every once in a while, it's something new yep. and it's brand new and totally different than everything else. And you're like, that's fantastic. Well, the thing about music that I love is that music to me is like poetry. And poetry, my mm-hmm. English teacher always said, fewest possible, fewest possible words, most possible meaning. And so I love I love music because I feel like you can unpack it beyond just the two minute or three minute experience you have. Yeah. So to me, albums, great albums, live on for years. And so I keep revisiting the stuff that I love, and it keeps 
and and to the to the extent that people are like, oh, have you heard this so and so's new album? And I'm like, no, I'm still listening. I'm still listening to this one still from like Coldplay. Yeah, from like '04. <laughs> yeah, like but those songs are timeless and they 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 strike a chord with you. And you you the same thing with movies. Like I can watch my favorite films. I've probably seen fifty times because mm-hmm. I feel like a great piece of art is only good if it can be revisited. Like if you can only listen to something once or twice and you go, I'm done. I go, it's probably not that good. Yeah. It's fine. But to me, something great warrants like a second listen, a third listen, a thousandth listen, uh, you know, a 500th watch. So I love to go back to the stuff that I love. That's awesome. You know, yeah. so maybe I'm a little boring. I'm with, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. So uh, you've done a, a great handful of, of acting stuff, but I, I want to talk a little bit more about, because um, I've had a lot of actors on the show. Yeah. I haven't had a director. I haven't had a so you do both, and you do a lot of it. Like I was, right. I was checking out um, your IMDb credits, and you've done tons and tons of uh, little short films. Right. And you write and direct most of them. Right. So you're doing two jobs at once, and then you have the feature. And I and I edit now, which is a thing I didn't, I didn't think I didn't even know I could do. And then I, I told started, you you can do everything. Yeah. <laughs> but I discovered I really love editing too. So wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about because you have you're working on that feature right now. Yes. Which you were which you're kind in. enough to ask me to yeah to be in. Which, which you were kind enough to do. I I you're, and you're great. I, thank I, you. I still haven't seen your footage. Oh god. Oh, it's um, okay. No worries. You're great in it. You, you really sent me great. the you sent me the the daily after we we shot it. And, yeah, yeah. And that was great. So I I love seeing my I love <laughs> it's very exciting to see your work. Thank especially you. Especially that that fast. Like I I heard uh, I believe it was Matt Damon. He worked with some director, and every night he would go home, and they would have an email, uh-huh. and it was the scene they shot, <laughs> cut, and you know, like done. So, and it was great. He said it was great because you never, you you know, if you didn't know something like right that that you had shot already, it was like you aren't doing your work. Right. Well, I love, I love, um, I like cutting things as I go. I've discovered because. It feels like when I when I film something, if I can at least get my hands on a rough edit, mm-hmm. it helps me figure out what it is we're making. Yeah, you know, if I if I just shoot everything and I go, well, I'll come back to that in a month and I'll figure. It. I'm like, I'm never gonna. That be, would freak me out. Yeah, I'm never gonna be more in tune with what we were doing than that night. That's actually a so very good point. I go home and I go, yeah, it's take seven. Oh yeah, and that's take two that we. And I like piece together, and I go, I'll come back to this with some distance and perspective. Yes. But I love that, and I feel like it gives actors and the creative people on the team this exciting moment where they go, oh, that's what we're doing? Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, see? And they're like, oh, I get it. And it's just like this cool, I don't know, I, I can't help it. I go home, and I'm like, I won't. And I'm like, okay, I will. <laughs> and I spent like way too long, like up to but like, I, yeah. I, I love that. I love that you're so passionate yeah. about it. You're so into it. And you're you're writing with uh, your buddy. Yes. On yes. The, this is the namesake. Yeah. We're uh, the about. nameless. The nameless. nameless. Sorry. Yeah. So it's crazy. So yeah, this is a crazy process where we crowdfunded this film and people watching maybe backers of it like like almost almost three years ago, and it was supposed to be short film shot on uh, GoPros because we had no money, we had no resources, and I knew very little, and uh, I just knew how to write. I didn't know how to really make films to the extent that I imagined it, and so. We crowdfunded it, we started shooting, and I hated it. Like, I hated what we got. I like was like, this is awful, and I huh. hate it, and why are we doing this? And we did like, a bunch of test footage, and we just never were happy. So we did a really scary thing, which was we scrapped the entire idea. We threw it all out and kind of begged our backers to sort of be patient. 
and we went back to the drawing board and we sort of figured out what we really wanted to say. And we spent about a year and a half rewriting the script and this past February really started like actual official production on it and I've just been shooting nonstop. But it, you know, it's crazy when you have no money because we literally have about $8,000 for the entire film and we're going into our own pockets, but it's, it really makes you make better choices because you're like, I have no options, so I'm going to do the best I have with what I have. Right. Instead of like, well, where could we shoot? It's like, <laughs> yeah. we can shoot here because this is what we have. <laughs> because this is my house. Yeah, yeah. and it so you, yeah. you, you write for what you know and you create with what you can and I feel like it actually makes everything more specific. You, you yeah, it's, it's probably a little slightly easier to make quick decisions, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, because you go, well, should we do it in a coffee shop? And you go, no, we don't have one. <laughs> so why would we write that right. scene? Nope. And it like really helps you just like go, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And I guess that's been kind of my like theme creatively in life has been like, can I do more with less? I have never been the person to have like all the opportunities or money or whatever. And, and, and that's great if you people do. But to me, it's like, and I actually, you guys, uh, you know, you're, you and your family with R5 and all the stuff you've done have been a huge inspiration because I feel like you guys, oh, you. when you started, I remember going to the like OC fair but you guys had you to... You know sh- what you did before that? It was uh, a little, little tiny, tiny, like, broken down church thing. <laughs> it was... We had shot, like, two episodes of Glee. Okay. And I was like, you guys want to come see my band? Yeah. And yeah. it was in this church up in the valley. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, and I couldn't yeah. go to that show. Oh, you weren't there? I didn't go to that one. I could. I literally am looking out in the crowd, and I swear Titus I Titus and you Dom there. went, and I couldn't go. Titus, Dom, and Luke went. And Luke, but then I came to the OC show. Okay. Yeah, but you guys... And I'm not saying you started with nothing. But you started with your talent and your ideas, and you guys like believed in what you could do way before like everybody else was like knew what it was. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I just have seen you guys blossom, and you and, and even the Starkid people, and you know the Tin Can Brothers. Those people in my life have been so inspiring because they've all taught me like, hey, don't wait till you have everything. Start with what you have now. Go make something, and like great stuff can happen. You know. Yeah. So that's that's been like my theme is like. Do write and create and direct what I can right now, and then the rest will, will happen. I love that. Yeah, I think that's great, dude. Yeah. Do you think that um, now that you're doing a lot more writing and directing, do you think those traits have, are making you a better actor? Oh, it, like in it's like absolutely changed everything. Really? Like it's fundamentally I go especially and also I coach and teach, and so that's been a huge thing. Where now I'm like, I understand what it is. I think before I used to think like. Acting is disgusting. Uh-huh. And I'm like, no, this is the thing. This scene is this. This is your intention. This is your motivation. Go. Do it. That's the scene. And it's helped me be faster, quicker, smarter, more efficient, understand that it's not all about you. You know, especially when you're acting in your own thing and you're directing. Right. The last thing you're worrying about is acting. <laughs> you're like, oh, that's uh, funny. Am I in the scene? Okay. You're like, what's my line? I'm thinking about, like, are we in focus? How was the sound? Right. Did we, did, did we? Did you see that shadow of the boom pole? Like, and it and it really has helped me as an actor when I'm on somebody else's set. Recognize my job is to make their lives easier, mm-hmm. not to be like, oh, what's that? Was it good? Be like, no. Like my job is to like deliver. I always say to like my students, like the sound guy doesn't between every take go like, was the sound good? Did you like it? Did you want me uh. to do something? like? Do your job, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hired you because I believe in you and I want to see what you bring to it. And so that it's fundamentally, That's great. yeah. It's That's changed a great everything. great metaphor. Yeah, yeah. 
It's yeah. not really even a metaphor, but the sound guy definitely does not ever do that. That's yeah, exactly. Genius. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I even feel like with you guys like performing and singing, you know, you guys are writing these songs and rehearsing them. I have to feel like I'm not saying you never have nerves, but when you go out there, do you you don't have like, oh, I hope you you're like, this is what I do. Yeah, blood not blood and sweat and yeah, tears. Not in this so much thing. in the the live show. It's more of the writing where you're. Sure. you're there's a lot more questioning. Oh, absolutely. And, and and you know because and it's because you can rework that. You can exactly. You, know, you can focus it and work it for a long time before it's right. presented or before it's turned into, you know, before it's brought to life. Exactly. Like uh, the live performance, it's uh, it's now or never. Right. <laughs> right. But it's like. The nerves happen. I think that's that's what's changed for me is the nerves happen when I'm sitting there staring at a blank final draft document. Uh-huh. And now the nerves of performing where it used to, that's all I had. It's like, this is it. I hope I get it. Now I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I was working on this before and I'll be working on it after the performance ends. And so I think it's helped me as an actor to be more confident in my choices and go. I used to be, I used to be so insecure. I, I love acting, but I used to be so insecure. Really? And just be like, especially like when we were doing Glee and like, I mean, like Uptown Girl, like I, so grateful, but I was so terrified of just thinking like, did I suck? Did I suck? I had did no I idea. But now that I was go, that's easily my favorite. Oh, me too. Song. Me too. But we, like, like by a long shot. Yeah. It was so great. It was. The, yeah. Everything about that whole number. Yeah, me too. Was so fun. <laughs> but but it feels now like I go, oh, I don't. This is like a joy. Because I recognize how much work has come before and will come after. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like this is everything. So, yeah, I think being on the other side has been like life changing. You know, really? and I guess in my in my dream, I had somebody tell me today they were like, "So do you really want to be like more of a director now?" And I was like, "No, like I want to do, I want to do everything." That was like, going to be my next question. Yeah. are you leaning towards one or the other? No, because I still love acting. I mean, I still love it. Like it's when I get an audition, you know, you're like, yeah. "Oh yeah!" <laughs> so I know it's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you can't make those opportunities happen for yourself. You can be prepared, you can go in, you can crush it. But at the end of the day, if you're not right for it, it doesn't matter what yeah. you do. If Zac Efron shows up, well, Zac Efron's getting the part. <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> uh, so it's like, I go, I ca- I've released that pressure of having to do something that I can't do. And creating things gives me the path, like it gives me the resources and the like path to go, but no matter what, I can do something, you know? Yeah. So no, but I, in, my, in my fantasy, in my dream world, I would be, I would love to like uh, like have my own series that I would actually like write and sometimes direct and also be in. You know, I mean that would be the dream. Yeah, and put all of my friends in. <laughs> that hey, would that would literally. Be I want to be in this show. That would be my dream. So <laughs> we've talked about it. We you know some of the things that I want to do. Okay, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, oh, so that that's actually a great question. So <laughs> do you? Um, this might we might reach drunk history tonight. Hey, <laughs> jeez, Louise. This is heavy, y'all. Yeah, I, like I said, you don't don't feel like you have to drink the whole thing because no. I'm over here going. What's my next question? <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. My ears just got really hot. <laughs> yeah, it's intense. See, I don't know how James Bond does it. I don't know how he does it. In, in, if in I had Quantum to go Solace, save... In Quantum of Solace on the plane, he, the bartender's like, he's had six of these. <laughs> I'm halfway through, man. <laughs> done. No, if I and had... I'm not a little guy either. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not a lightweight. Right. This is insane. Because it's like pure alcohol. Anyway, It is sorry. literally pure alcohol. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just... Um... <laughs> Pull it together, Edgar. <laughs> um... Um, back, uh, uh, continuing with, with writing and, um, and directing, I, I just think that, um, I'm really inspired 
that you are are going after. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And I, I really um, admire that you just are like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if, I, I, I like your, I call it the goodwill hunting mm-hmm. uh, motive now because I recently realized that they were like, well, no one's gonna cast us, so we're just gonna write our and own that, thing. And I'm a yeah. huge fan of that. Uh, Danny McBride did a very similar thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's like, well, I mean, all the people, I, I think it hit me, like, all the people I admired and loved, I, I literally did like a thing about five years ago. I was like, who are the people that I love? Like, not that the people I just see that are famous and successful, but who do I love? Love. And yeah. I like researched every one of them. And the overwhelming theme of every single one is like, oh yeah, all these people got sick of like playing the game and like made their own thing happen. Yeah. Every single one of them, every one of them was like, I'm done being somebody else's thing. Here's what I want to do. And, and, and also created communities, you know, like Jonah Hill and all of his peeps, yeah. you know, and Seth, like those guys worked together before they were somebody's and now you're like, oh, they're so famous. You're like, yeah, but they've just been friends and they just yeah, work together. Yeah, they're just working with their friends. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, Amy Poehler and like the whole, like their whole comedy kind of group. A lot of those people have just known each other since they were nothing, quote unquote. And I want to say nothing as in... Before before people they were, they were uh, struggling, you know, yeah. getting getting it going. But they yeah. they believed in themselves before anybody else did. Like I was saying with you guys, like when I first met you, it was such a not not arrogance, but like a confidence mm-hmm. of like we got something here and we're gonna do it and we're just gonna do it and see where it goes. Not like Thanks, man. I don't know, maybe it's bad. I don't know. Do, if people like it, I'll keep. You're like no, yeah. We got a thing. Come come check it out. And you know when I when we made buffering, which is a thing you were on and. A bunch of other things that I've done, it's always been a thing of like, I don't know if people will like this, but I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna put it out there and if some if one person gets something from it, yeah, I know I got a lot out of it, so hey, it was worth it. Well, you know? I feel like you're I feel like you're like you're one of those guys where if you're not creating, you're gonna go crazy. Oh, absolutely. Like I heard a, a Jim Carrey quote. He's like, if I'm not if I'm not acting, if I'm not doing stand up or I'm on stage, like I gotta be painting or yeah. something. Like I'll I'll go insane. Like so and I feel like that's that's you. I, that's you like have kind to be of the, creating something. The same drive with like editing after I shoot, it's like I literally feel like I I've literally like woken up in bed and been like, I can't go to bed until I like write this scene or solve this like creative problem. So right. I don't know, it sounds like very artsy fartsy, but it you know, I try to explain to people, they're like, You're always doing it. I'm like it's not out of depth because some people go. You just gotta take it easy. You gotta like relax. And I'm like, no, no. I feel most at ease when I am working. Yeah, hard you're like, I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's not like I go. I gotta do it so that I am relevant. I'm like, no, no. This is just what I would do, even if nobody was paying attention. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And so th- I think if that's what drives you and motivates you, then you know, if you're if you're if you're trying to create something out of the like the pure fear of 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 like falling behind or whatever that's a really dangerous place but mm-hmm. but if you're doing it because you love it it's like that is healthy you know so that's the best thing in the world yeah like that that's and the fact that you realize what you love right. and then you're doing what you love like a lot uh, a lot of people don't really know what they love yet right like it takes right. a while and I feel like you know you you and me are similar in the fact that we hit you know probably 16 or 17 were like okay yeah i, I know and it's a, and that's I'm a doing. rare thing and i recognize like i recognize that and i think that this is a, a, a i don't want to use industry like it's such a collective term but like you know the performing arts mm-hmm. and creating and, and and being in front of a camera like whatever sharing your life with the world i think a lot of people see it propped up and they go that must be awesome but it's not for everybody yeah and 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 i think it's okay if you realize you don't love that 
But if you do, then then I go, well, you do it, you know? And, and I don't know, I, I just feel like, I was listening to a podcast uh, with uh, Mark Maron, and he's interviewing Kristen Wiig, and she said that she had her therapist actually uh, she was in a rut. She was working at an insurance office or a health insurance or doing something very like not what she wanted to do with her right. life. And he said, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to like take five seconds and I want you to blurt out the first thing that you wish you were doing. And she said she was like, comedian. She was like, what? <laughs> she said she had no inclination except that that's something she'd always wanted. And huh. when she was in a moment like willing to like Confess it. Right, willing to just give in. And the therapist therapist said, then go do that. Do right. it. Like you will find a way. And I think so many people are so worried about, you know, and obviously I say I say this speaking from a place of like, I'm very blessed. We've had a lot of opportunities to be able to pay the bills and things like that with mm-hmm. creativity. I recognize that that doesn't happen for everybody right away. But at the same time, I go, the reason we're in that position is because you follow your passions. And I guess that's like my thing is I want to inspire people to go, do something you love. You will find a way to like pay the bills and do like It is possible. It's possible. It's definitely possible. You know, it's not yeah. going to be easy. <laughs> no, it's not going to be easy. You got to be willing to It's going to suck hard. sometimes, but if you love it, that's going to push you through. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I want to jump into, before we, before we kind of change subjects, yeah. I have a couple more um, director thoughts. Do you... Um, as a as a director, when you're when you're working, do you feel that um, you want the actors or actresses to kind of bring a little bit of their own thing to the table? Or, I or do. do you do you visually have like your all right? This is what I want to see. Well, as an actor, first, I am always on the actor side. Mm, okay. You know, and a lot of the short films I've done have been in weird, bizarre, almost impossible situations. That probably makes you a better director. I hope. Being an actor. Yeah. Because I've worked with directors where they're so like stuck on the technical side where you're like, yeah, but you don't, do you know what we're doing over here? You're yeah, like. I actually know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. And it's, you're like, what, you, you know, you do a take and there's zero feedback and you're like, I don't. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. And you, and especially when you feel like it didn't work and you're like, can we, and they're like, oh, but the, and you're like, okay. So it's a tough thing with a director is you really do have to think about, did we execute it technically? Mm-hmm. But did we get the scene? And so for me, like as an actor first, I go. I always want to see what you bring to it. I always do. And I'm also, as a writer, I love writing. I'm very not precious with my words. If I write like a monologue, I mean, this happened with, uh, with, the, with the film that you're in, mm-hmm. my film, where like you nailed every beat of like what it, the character was. I had, in my, I had in my head of like, well, I guess he would say this and he would say this, but then you brought yourself to it and you changed a few things. I think after a take, you're like, is that okay? And I was like, yeah. I think I just, I, it was so I don't much, know if I even changed it on purpose. It just yeah. happened. <laughs> it was so much more real and natural. Now, that's, I'm not saying every actor should go out and change people's words. And some you know, writers are very particular. But for right. me personally, I've never been in a position where I'm like, I need you to say my words. Because I'm like, I, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is weird. How could I... When, as a writer, how could I know exactly what I want the actor to say? I can't mm-hmm. until I see it. And I also think writers and directors who are unwilling to change are like screwing themselves over. So like if I'm watching a scene and I go, yeah, this doesn't sound good because I wrote a really stupid line. As a, as a writer, you've got to be willing to go, well, let's change it. Yeah, let's change it, yeah. <laughs> and same thing like music. Like you go like maybe you like, I thought this would work, but you're like, it doesn't work. Let's change it. And I totally. think... So no, I think I, I I love when actors bring their own to it. I I, I like that. That's not awesome. not not 
there are certain shows and films it doesn't work in, I know. But for me, I'm <laughs> right. like, when actors work with me, I'm like, I hope you know, like, we're in this to, like, play. That's the whole point of doing it, you know? Let's have yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have fun and, and work off each other. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. So, I, you literally, um, you do everything. You do a little bit of everything. Like, it's, let's yeah. just put it there. So, you got, we got acting. We got writing. Acting, writing. Directing. Musical theater. You can sing. Yes. You can dance. You were on Glee. Yes. You have a podcast. I do a podcast. Story matters. Yeah. What 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 did that come about? Because you're you're in the middle of all of these things. Right. You're, you're you're going out on auditions. You're writing your own short films. You're writing um, the right. Nameless. You're getting ready to direct the Nameless, and then you're like, hmm, you know what sounds like a good <laughs> idea? I'm gonna add a podcast <laughs> to this list. Why? Um, yeah, that was interesting because I feel like for me. I wanted something, you know, a film or, or an album or whatever. Those things take so long to finish. Yeah. This freaking movie's been taking us three freaking <laughs> years. I know. And it, like, it sucks. And I want so bad to release things out there into the world. And just like you said, the podcast was almost born out of that, like, I have to do something. Yeah. And I wanted to create a platform. I love writing and I love, uh, I do a lot of voiceover. And I love Okay, we're gonna add that to the list. Yeah. Voiceovers. I love being on the mic and I just love I love the voice. I grew up listening to uh, again, I'm a very nerdy childhood now that I'm thinking about it. Um, I <laughs> That's listen, all right. I listened to old time radio growing up. Like okay. my, my dad loves radio and I had like cassettes back when that was a thing, children. And uh, I listened to like uh, like fifties and sixties like sitcoms on the like radio shows, like from Real quick, ABC. cassette is like a a Spotify playlist, but it only had eight <laughs> songs, and then you had to turn it over. I like that the frame is it's like a Spotify playlist, but it's a physical object. Yeah, yeah. and it, it was about that big. Speaking of cassettes, so my dad, yeah, who I love, dad, if you're watching this, um, my dad, Mr. Mega, <laughs> my dad uh, uh, loves cassette players, and like they work. Like it's the thing is like oh, they yeah. do work. I had cassettes, but he like to this day still owns like he. <laughs> He bought like in, a bunch of them. <laughs> he bought like in bulk, like many, many, many like blank tapes because he's like, oh. I need to stock up. <laughs> so like, in a box at my parents where they live, like there there are boxes with um, like unopened Walkmans, like Sony Walkmans, the little clip on, oh, yes. and like like literally like hundreds of like blank cassette tapes uh, that my dad still uses to this day. Are they making their own playlists? Uh, well, the thing is, I was like, Dad, you have you could you could. <laughs> There's these amazing devices, <laughs> and they can contain thousands of songs. They're amazing. You're like, you don't have to be stuck uh, to just 16. But, but he loves his cassette. But although, that being said, though, he really has transitioned into, like, digital. So, But now he has a bunch of them left over. So, cassette tapes. They're a thing of the past. Look them up, kids. That Google. is hilarious. <laughs> it's the Spies Are Forever soundtrack. Yes. Uptown Girl. On, on cassette. For sure. Um, on but, repeat. Yeah, so I grew up listening to old time radio, and I loved radio, and I listened to like film noir, like I listened to like The Shadow, which is like a comic book crime noir, like old like actors, like mm-hmm. actors on the mic. I listened to like uh, My Favorite Husband, which is like Lucille Ball's original show. That's what became I Love Lucy. So I learned sitcom oh, wow. and comedy and like mystery and thriller from like radio. Right. Like as a kid, like listening to like radio shows where they had to do everything with the voice and with sound effects. And when I was a teenager, I was actually in a radio theater company where we'd go and perform around town and do live radio huh. shows with a Foley artist doing the sound effects and the like gravel and the doorbell and all this stuff. So I've always loved, I've always loved sound and like what you can create, like the stories you can create with sound. 
And so for me as a, as a voiceover actor, I've always loved bringing, I don't know, storytelling in as a like audio medium. Right. So I, um, yeah, I, so I, I don't know. I always like, it was something I always wanted to do. I loved radio. I wanted to do more voiceover. And I had been doing voiceover several years before and my agent had abruptly folded. Like my voiceover agency just ceased to exist. Huh. And I found myself unable to get signed, unable to get any work. And I was like, screw it, same thing. I was like, I'm gonna do my own voiceover. Yeah. So I started telling my own stories, writing stories about my life, experiences about Glee and all these kinds of things and just recording them and posting them and doing interviews. You were my very first person. Was, um, yeah. I made you bulletproof coffee. I yes, you that. did, yes. There's a history of fun. us making delicious we, drinks. Yeah, we have each, <laughs> we're on each other's shows yeah. now, it's great. And, and it was crazy because actually like three or four months after I started the podcast, I, I don't know, fueled by the motivation and momentum of that, I was able to get signed by an amazing voiceover agent and nice. have been able to book like voiceover work and I've really fallen in love with it again. And I don't know, I just love, I love going into a sound booth and like seeing like what stories I can create and tell and, and, and using it as a platform to also inspire and reach people. So um, yeah, awesome. I love it. It's something I love to do. It's just like my own little thing that feels like it doesn't matter if it if it if it's viral, it doesn't matter if it, Gets sold or bought. Creative it's just, outlet, man. It's just something I get to share, and if it's a hundred people or a thousand or ten thousand or whatever, it just feels like it's like a really intimate thing I get to share yeah. every week with people. That's yeah. awesome. So now we have StoryMattersPodcast.com. There you go. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely put a, a link to that. I got to make sure I put links to all these. Check things. out the episode with Riker. It's great. He was my very first episode. Uh, the pilot. Yeah, the pilot episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, actor, <clears throat> director, writer. Voiceover. We forgot to talk. We forgot to add editor. In editor the, in the original. Line I love editing. Editor. Yes. Podcaster. Podcaster. Did I say voiceover? Voiceover. Yes. Voiceovers. Um. What else do I do? Dancer. Eh. <laughs> you can you can do move. enough. You can move. Thank God for you and. <laughs> I had Rashawn on the podcast, Rashawn Pates. Yeah, yeah. For like you fun. and Rashawn and like the people who helped me on Glee because real talk, those last few ep- episodes, I, myself did. and John Hall <laughs> were struggling in the back. You were up there killing. You were like, girl, whatever. And we were in the back going like, come on. <laughs> yeah, they, they they stepped it up those last couple of yeah. nights we did for sure. But I can move if needed. <laughs> hey, you moved, you moved every night on the Glee tour, man. Give You're me time it. and I can learn it. I just can't you can figure anything out. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Before we let you go, um, I have one more question for you. I'm ready for it. I need a drink first. Have a sip. Uh, my oh, last man. question, my last and final question for for the night. Thank you again for being here. I'm glad to be here. Um, softball Sunday. Softball Sunday. That's my last question. Yes. Is this Sunday? Yes. I will be there Sunday. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. Thank you, sir. Cheers. And, have a drink. Um, it's almost half. <laughs> Glass a quarter full. Doesn't roll off the tongue as much. <laughs> Not quite. Not but quite. Um, yeah, thank you. Thanks for being here, man. Careful. There we go. That's how we end it. <laughs> oh, God. And we'll fade out from there.